Hello and welcome to the Think Sports podcast. Today we have with us Ritu Parna Roy. She's had various coaching assignments uh, and she used to be a cricket player before. Uh, she has obtained a lot of licenses and she can give us a lot of insight about cricket coaching. Uh, and this is a very special episode because this is the first time we have uh, someone who's had some female involvement in the sport. So uh, it'll be nice to hear, our, uh, hear her perspective on this. So I'm just going to pass it on to Ritu Parna. You can uh, briefly explain like uh, how it is that you've uh, reached this position and you can briefly explain your coaching assignments. Yeah, uh, thank you, Ranojit. Uh, myself, Ritu Parna, presently I'm associated with the uh, Bengal uh, women's team. I'm looking after 23 and the seniors. And uh, before this, I was associated with various other uh, teams. I was also once uh, associated with Bengal uh, in 2018 when we won uh, the, both the championship in seniors and 23. Before that, uh, I was associated with uh, Gujarat, Baroda, Vidarv, Orissa. Meanwhile, I had also been to UK at Lafkara to do my sports coaching studies. I did my ECB level 2 then. So basically, I've been a cricketer and I could not leave cricket in spite of having an MBA degree. I uh, worked in PricewaterhouseCoopers for three to four years, but that was uh, not uh, that was giving me joy from inside. So it was always a cricket field. And so I opted. I left the corporate world. I've been into coaching. Uh, since I had the qualification, I thought, let's try my luck. Uh, let's try my passion. And uh, since then, it's never been looking back. So, till now, it's been going fine and been enjoying each bit of it. So, when you were working for, for PwC, right? So, for, yeah. for that three, four year period and then transitioning into coming back to cricket, that must have been a difficult choice, right? Because many of us are in that position where you're kind of passionate about sports, but then you don't know whether you're going to leave your current job because it gives you some stability and, you know, and then you have the family uh, aspect to it as well because they are going to be worried if you're going to leave your job and you come back to sports because it it isn't that clear cut, uh, at least in India, in terms of uh, a financial point of view. So that must have been difficult. Uh, what what went into your decision, like um, in terms of um, considering the financial aspect, balancing out your family also in this? Was it a challenge for you? Yeah, definitely. It was a great challenge. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, you know, what happens is you need to really uh, find where your heart is. And uh, I know, you know, financially, sometimes the heart and the head doesn't coincide. But to be honest, I was not running that time uh, financially. I was running more for my passion. And one thing today, after this 10-year-long journey, I've realized that if you, if you really love something and if you're really passionate, uh, whatever the obstacle is, if you run for your passion, money will come. But if you run for money, then probably you will land nowhere. Uh, so as per my personal experience goes, when I started coaching, definitely the financially, it was much less than what I was earning at uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers. But uh, my whole passion was in coaching to stay associated with the game. I wanted to give back more to the game. Uh, and uh, initially, yeah, I did not involve my parents in this decision making. It was a bold step, which I told them maybe three to four months later, because for them, it would be very tough. 
so i wanted to take the tough call i wanted to take it all over me so that if i went wrong i would again go back uh, you know to corporate world but thankfully it was not to be i kept going forward in my coaching assignments and my parents kept backing me since then so this is it's very interesting actually because rono is talking about this i'm in a very similar position as to where you were because i so i for the last 2 years i've been working at kpmg and i just left to follow my passion which is sport and i so the way i decided to make that transition is i'm going to go to college to study sports management and then i'm going to move uh, ahead i want to know about your transition how did you transition from pwc to then going into coaching did you start coaching at a junior team did you go to college for it uh, how did that go because you spoke about how you went to lockborough to study so just talk yeah, about your transition uh, that's a great question uh, the transition didn't happen all uh, of a sudden uh, basically what happened is uh, you know thanks to bcci i would say because they came up with a coaching course and when i was playing i was still playing i played till 2009 uh i was in uh, price water house scoopers and i was still playing and thanks to price water house that they did allow me so uh, but there was a time when you know uh, after all i could not take so many leaves so there was a period of tussle where i had to decide between my corporate world and my uh, coaching career but when i was in price water house i was not into coaching still i was still playing uh, but by then i had completed my level a bcci uh, under cab there was an opportunity they offered me and i uh, gratefully did it uh, i did very well and that's how i came to know that you know coaching has a scientific background to it so much that you know we lacked as a player we lacked uh, you know uh, that bit of uh, inputs that uh, the biomechanics is offered video analysis is offered when we were playing but when i did the level a course my eyes opened and i came to know that there is so much to give back to the game and there is so much that the game has advanced and since i have the qualification behind me if i can you know add this and i can get into coaching then it can be fantastic but yes it did not happen overnight uh, i had this uh, playing experience i had a level a experience in coaching so then uh, this whole uh, thing came in between to decide what i should do and then i thought of taking a break basically uh, so that's how it happened i uh, because i had uh, the mba degree behind me uh, before price water i also had another 3 4 years into uh, in another corporate firm so basically there was around 7 years of uh, uh, you know corporate experience uh, under my belt and the uh, playing experience of 12 13 years and a level a coaching degree so what i did i thought it's best to take a break and try out and if it doesn't work for a year i can always come back because i have my qualification i have my experience so i, I gave it a shot i gave it a try because unless you uh, take a risk in life you don't get anything if you keep thinking if you keep contemplating then it doesn't happen so i guess what i did was i took a years gap which was a great thing that happened Uh, which i think uh, today when i sit back and i think that was that one year uh, break mm, good enough uh, i will say yes it was so whenever i feel uh, you know you you are also uh, going through uh, this whole uh, you know uh, confusion period even many many youngsters are going through i will always say uh, give yourself some time and i i guess if you are qualified 
nothing like it you know with playing if you have the qualification with you it adds a lot so you know that helps you to get back to your career or to pursue whatever you are uh, you know following so that helped me that break uh, helped me i applied in orissa and uh, thankfully you know women's coaches were not uh, there at that moment qualified level a women coaches were not so many in numbers so that helped me a bit um, you know uh, being from the east also helped me a bit uh, that uh, everything somehow coincided and uh, i got the opportunity uh I, i i was blessed to get the opportunity of the head coach of the orissa women's team they they actually appreciated my mba degree because orissa is a state where you know uh, everybody is not highly educated so they wanted their girls uh, to be under somebody who who was educated who could only not uh, build their cricket skills but also uh, you know inculcate within them the life skills uh the discipline the punctuality there's so many other things that is needed in sports it's not just the skills skills can be taught by many but uh, a great teacher a great coach teaches you the life skills how to be together how to be disciplined probably that is what they saw in me and they gave me the opportunity for which i will forever be thankful and that's how my journey began okay this is interesting uh- Ma'am, before we move forward, I think we should go back to how you got into the sport, your playing days, your playing experiences. Uh, something you'd like to share from there, and and how this whole journey began. Uh, to be honest, uh, my journey was uh, very fascinating. Today, I uh, I really I'm I really uh, think that I've been blessed uh, because I had faced a lot of obstacles. you know people say i have problems i i guess you grow more when you have problems and i had a lot of problems i will not say today those were problems they were obstacles to make me stronger uh, my father is a professor he always wanted me to study sports was never in my family i am not from a sports uh, background you know uh, but from childhood i used to play all sport say football uh, cricket badminton flying kites everything you know sports was somewhere somewhere it came in my blood and uh, i love sports but to be honest and sadly that time very few clubs or academies would take women uh, players you know i literally remember still my mother supported me a lot but uh, my father was slightly reluctant the only reason being that there was no future so probably that time i don't bl- that time of course I, i did not take it very well but today i understand why he was reluctant because uh, in 2006 bcci took over that time there was no future in women's cricket so when i started uh, i started uh, i maybe i would not have been in cricket if uh, there was a club that just opened opposite my house uh, and uh, lokamudra bhattacharya she was the ex india player ex india selector she happened to spot me playing with the boys in the locality and uh, she just called me and said that would you want to play cricket professionally so i did not even know women played uh, cricket professionally then because the media coverage was not there so i was like extremely excited and uh, i joined this academy uh, i still remember i was in class 7 when i first got my sub junior uh, selection in bengal but my father did not let me go that also i remember another obstacle uh, 
and i did not go for any tournament in spite of being selected many times till i completed my class 12 exam i only went because my family studies was always the priority and today i think it was a blessing yeah maybe you know if i, I had got those few years it would have been little different but i don't regret no regrets uh, so after class 12 i got selected in juniors i i started to play then senior team then uh, 2008 i played for india so that's my journey it's been fascinating it's been full of obstacles but it's been full of fun excitement challenge that has made me what i am today and that's a really good story and also uh, how you highlight in the beginning it was difficult for uh, because there wasn't too much involvement in terms of uh, women's participation in sports so it was it was very difficult for you to see a future in this because there wasn't um, maybe it was existing at the time but it wasn't publicized so yes. from an outside point of view you don't really see it but what in your opinion has changed since that time now you're a coach now you can see maybe something uh, from the inside so what do you think in your opinion has changed like what is the progress that has happened in women's sport progress has been uh, like it's been a serious progress uh, huge improvement uh, when 2006 bcci took over see for any sport to grow you need infrastructure you need uh, money so these were the things that was not there under women's cricket association of india initially it was under women's cricket association of india 2006 uh, icc took a big step forward for which bcci took over and since then the transition of women's cricket took over and today you can see that uh, the lords uh, you know the final that happened at lords had a packed stadium so that itself shows how much women's cricket has grown Uh, earlier we traveled in uh, unreserved compartments we uh, slept in platforms we literally took money out of our pockets and travel because there was scarcity of fund in our association earlier association but then uh, when bcci took over we started to stay in uh, you know three star four star domestic i'm talking about domestic international player stays in five star and seven stars now i'm talking about domestic cricket and we travel in uh, you know uh, flights uh earlier we traveled as i said in unreserved compartments so the, the change has been enormous we never thought that a team would comprise of we only thought the team would comprise of a coach who would who would have uh, you know uh, various uh, jobs of a physio of a trainer but now we have a separate trainer we have a physio we have a video analyst we have a masseur uh, so it itself shows the support staff the strength of the support staff has grown the scientific involvement of the coaches with their you know various qualification that has given a different angle to coaching earlier we were just told what to do but why we are doing it that was never told to us you know just do it you know why we are doing it so now what happens the qualified coaches uh, know uh, and can tell a player what to do and why to do it so the trust factor grows and then you actually see as why why it is helping you so there has been such a lot of improvement that that is why i think a women's cricket is going uh, great heights right ma'am um, i i see um, michael bevin has a wonderful quote uh, to say about you i think uh, michael bevin is renowned as 
one of the greatest white ball finishers in the game um what really caught what really caught my eye was um that he goes on to say and I, and i think i'm going to quote right here um each and every session of hers was uniquely designed as per requirement of each and every player it's interesting uh, as a coach when you're designing your training um schedules and your training sessions and so on how do you go about um planning such sessions is it based on um where you're going to play your opposition the players that you have say so you don't know the players that you have so how what is your mindset when you're going to take uh, a training sessions and how do you go about constructing uh, them as a coach uh, that's a great thing you've looked into uh, i appreciate your question see what happens uh, the whole calendar is divided into uh, three, four to five aspects okay uh so what happens is uh, if you are designing a program first it's an off season training so that is the time suppose you have joined uh, i have joined a, a state where i don't know the players so first i get to know them there's a one to one interview you know then i get to know their skill set i see their videos what they have done last uh, season how they have scored which area they were good which area needs to be uh, you know improved so there's a lot of homework that goes in the ground is just 3 4 hours but a coach has to work for many more hours so once that is sorted out then you design a program about you know where, where the uh, player can improve and the off season camps are uh, most essential because that is the where you can teach them new skills you can really hone their skills and then uh, just before pre season you know just before the tournaments you don't touch much with uh, you know skill uh, improvements you just you know uh, what you do is where you are going to play that is the time it happens you you create a schedule where you design where you are going to play so what kind of wickets you know what kind of opponents so you do an analysis on the opponents as well so uh, you know you will be playing uh, how many in swing bowlers out swing bowlers leg spinners so what we do is we also get in boys from whichever state i have been because in girls in our uh, you know women's team sometimes you don't get so much variety but what you can always do you can get a under 14 guy is a china man maybe or a good wind swing bowler or under 16 boy and then you make them play so you design a schedule as per the requirement of that present season and uh, of course many times you don't get exactly what you want but at least uh, if you can design the schedule as per game uh, requirement that is most important so what happens is the confidence that it gives to a player so your half the battle is won when you're going to play a tournament you are so much full of confidence that actually you know what we do is uh, i'll give you an interesting thing is when we start the tournament before that we already play six matches suppose so we already say the next match we are going to play is the seventh game you understand my point yeah, no yeah. that that's the way you go about it's about building confidence end of the day it's not about how skillful you are how brave you are how confident you are and how much you can improvise what you have learned in the match so that is how the whole structure is scheduled that is how the that's the work of a coach the coach actually is like uh, you know creating that atmosphere that the player will face exactly uh, wherever we will travel the good part of women's cricket is or you can say uh, you know uh, good or bad whatever till now the good part is we only go to one place and play we don't travel like men we don't go to for one match you know maybe to north and then travel to south so uh, that way uh, the plus point is you can if you are going to travel in south so you know the weather you know the wicket if you're going to travel in north you know the weather and the wicket 
so before the matches begin we we'll have a lot of match simulation arranged accordingly so that's uh, how uh, i uh, go about yeah that's pretty interesting um what also as a, personally that comes to me is as a coach once a player has reached a certain level it's not so much his batting or his bowling skills that i mean because you're up to that particular level um so as a coach for you what do you look in a player or in a group of players because there are so many in our country with our population there's so many numbers that makes you or catches your eye that will be like okay this person is different from the rest this person can make it to the top level i'm talking about the, say from the junior levels or school state so on that can make that jump up so uh, what is it that you look for in in a coach um in in players what what is it that they show you that makes you feel okay they are the, the different maker uh, uh your question i can't exactly answer in a sentence because your question does have uh, a lot of uh, you know uh, parameters attached to it like for instance you can't just see somebody and say it's the player will play for india uh, one why i'm saying because cricket is a late, late development game okay so uh, if you see if you if research says that a that a player uh, cricketer be it a women or a, a men's cricketer they blossom generally at the age of 25 26 okay but again coming back to your question definitely there are there are uh, certain qualities attributes that do attract you and like uh, a player like shafali like a player like richa who gets selected at the age of 16 they are yeah. exceptional and the exception comes out at uh, you know things like what you can deliver or what kind of a delivery you can play if you are a batter at that age that itself shows and the best thing that is uh, you know uh, that they deliver is when they are playing with seniors the way they adapt if the young player is really good their adaptability will be supreme so what i look into is how the player in spite of their age adapt to the situation play to the situation and are not perturbed or they are not you know what happens you don't shy away basically you are ready to face the, uh, you know a 16 year old ready to face julian goswami shows that this uh, girl has certain x, x factor so that, that is the thing that is the ingredient that one looks in a player we we actually uh, have a lot of talent in bengal and even all over india there's a lot of talent but then finding that talent and they will fail these kind of players will fail you have to have faith you have to back them you have to you know really give them a lot of motivation and they will really do well but definitely uh, to be honest uh, the competition level is yet to grow to that height it is started to grow like in men's cricket the competition is supreme level but women's cricket it is still growing it has because now if you see the youngsters are really doing well like a jemima rodrix like a shefali like a deepthi like a richa so definitely uh, for coaches like us if you see such talent you have to back them you have to give them more opportunity and they will do well in spite of cricket being a late development game this whole scenario is changing youngsters are taking the responsibility and they are contributing in the team's success so you have to as a coach you have to have patience whenever you see that somebody can hit uh, you know a six at the age of 16 with ease does have talent right <clears throat> right this is yeah go on 
Yeah, so uh, just sorry, one more was, um, I, I found it interesting, um, you've coached at the India level, so that's international, you've done state as well, uh, you've had stints at the school level also with uh, Lamartney, I think it was, where you coached that. So for you as a coach, what challenges do you um, face and how much do you have to adapt at the different levels, the different stages that you um, have to go about coaching? How do you go about that adjustment? Uh, right. Uh, see, when I was playing, uh, I I really thought that wish my school team had a women's cricket team, like a cricket team. But if you still see, uh, there's only, uh, you know, the boys' school who have a school cricket. Still, uh, cricket in uh, our state, it is to, uh, it still needs to develop in the grassroots level. So, uh, if I speak about Lamartinius, let me start from Lamartinius. Uh, it was my challenge to start women's cricket from in the school level. So, that's why I went to many schools. Uh, I was still working then in Pricewater, but it was my challenge uh, to develop uh, school cricket. Uh, but... Uh, that stopped midway because when I got the opportunity in Orissa, that time I was beginning. So for me, uh, as a beginner, it was a great opportunity to interact with school kids. And uh, that gave me a lot of confidence uh, in my coaching uh, career. And as you rightly said, uh, that every uh, you know team ha needs different skill sets. And probably uh, that has helped me because uh, Lamartinia uh, started, uh, that was a school team and that was my first assignment. So I think the uh, transition phase of going from one team to the other team, you know, from a smaller team to the bigger team has helped me. Midway, uh, of course, I felt that I needed to know more. That's why I went to Lovepur, to be honest, because I lacked the international exposure and I felt that I needed to go there to become you know, associated with bigger teams. So that was my first criteria. I, I, and I wanted to know, like, what is it? It always fascinated me that foreign countries are more advanced in sports. You know, I, I really wanted to see from very near, very close, what it is that was different. And the thing that was different was uh, my personal experiences because I was associated with ECB, like uh, it is uh, NCA, you know, uh, my love for, I joined love for, because uh, I could work as an intern coach in the evenings with the uh, ECB uh, unit and I was associated with the Lafpara uh, University team that comprised of four to five England players. So I have seen them close and uh, what I have seen is skill-wise, we are supreme, far more better than them. It's just the mindset. It's just the confidence and the day we are going, uh, gaining in a lot of confidence and our mindsets are changing. And I think we are not far away from lifting the cup. That's my uh, belief. And that is uh, coming back to your question. Probably I drifted slightly away from your question. So uh, that's how I developed myself. Uh, that's how I felt that, you know, to be associated with a bigger state, you need to be more qualified, more knowledgeable. You need to gain more exposure. And that's how it happened, actually. Something I'd like to understand a bit better is uh, the qualifications that you need. Or is it, firstly, is it a requirement? Is it necessary for you to become a coach? Um, also, if it's not, does it help? Does it benefit you in the future? In the long term, maybe it gives you more credibility as a coach. 
Um, so just the degrees that are out there available to an aspirant, for example, and what universities, if I were to just get um, a sports management degree or something, a sports related degree, what universities are the target universities? Because I'm not sure how these things work, but like if you were to apply for a high level coaching position, I think these things do add to your profile. So it'll help you stand out uh, above the other candidates. So if you could just highlight those aspects uh, so that we can better understand it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. When you say that uh, does qualification alone helps, all I can say is uh, qualification alone doesn't help. But if you see, uh, if you see that, you know, you want to be associated with the international side, if you go to the website, any job portal, what you will see is level four coach, coaching course. So that again plays a big role. There you need to be qualified enough. So that is how the coaching course becomes important. And to be honest, it does add value if you really want to go there to learn something. You know, it depends on an individual. Why are you doing the course? Do you do, are you doing the course just to add in your CV? Or you're actually going to do the course to actually gain knowledge? So the whole perspective lies in an individual. I went there to learn something. Of course, additional was the qualification, the certificate. But along with that is I wanted to gain that hands-on experience. I wanted to see. I wanted to do things. So same way, qualification certificates are very important when it comes for a job interview to you know get into that uh, level. But if you really want to be good, you have to be practically good. Just theory does not help a coach. Theoretically, you can be exceptionally good, but if you can't implement, if you can't see the best in a player, if you can't take out the best from a player, how much qualified you are, it doesn't help in the long run. And players nowadays are intelligent enough to understand that. Because so we yeah. have, you know, uh, kids are smart these days. So you have to really have that uh, X factor in you to take out the best from them, to motivate them. Uh, you are the leader. So you have to lead them. And just a qualification doesn't help. But definitely, uh, when you, as I said, I would again repeat, uh, to get into any bigger assignment, the first entry point, you have to show that certificate. So, so uh, the one. Uh, so, my question to you would be: If you had to, st so in terms of giving advice to someone who wants to be where you are currently, someone who is trying to get there, if you had to kind of give them a structured way to like get to where you are, or uh, or advice to get to where you are, how how they should start, how they should go about their career, uh, how would what would you say to them? What would you say to an aspiring coach? that wanted to do or be where you are currently? Uh, the only thing, uh, see, there is no uh, exact success formula for anything, you know. Uh, the most important ingredient is passion. Uh, as far as I am concerned, uh, what I feel is uh, personally, you have to have a lot of passion and love. You just can't be into a coaching career thinking that it's, or uh, now it's very lucrative. Let's go into coaching. You know, it's not that. Under the sun, when you, when you are really giving uh, 300, 400 catches per day, you're giving 500, 600 throwdowns. It's a, it's a, it's a great uh, load physically as well. But if you are passionate, you don't even feel how many catches you give. 
so what i would tell a youngster is to find out what exactly you want and why you want it is it for passion is it for fame is it for money so there itself half the you know problem is solved if you are really passionate then the whole thing is see as far i'm concerned i did not play india but then that is where i thought that since i don't have that international exposure why not go into a place and educate myself because everybody doesn't get to play india but that does not mean that should demotivate you if you have played enough if you know the game you can definitely you know upgrade yourself by various other things you know it's just not a coaching degree you can also you know when i went to lakhpura the one thing that really attracted me is we were told to attend sessions of coaches of other games because for a coach you need to you know you have need to have a broad mind you need to have an eye so it's just not about doing a coaching degree go and watch a uh, a match a football match maybe how the coach is treating how the coach is doing the sessions go and see a rugby match so it's basically how much passionate you are go out of the way and educate yourself so it's about that it's about the hungerness in you that will help you to go and after that of course qualifications are important definitely but uh, are you are you able are you ready to give that many hours to uh, your you know like a cricketer why why do some cricketers in spite of being very talented don't reach where they are and some reach because they are they were less talented but more hard working the same formula works here maybe you have not represented india but you are hungry to give back to the game maybe in the form of a coach maybe in the form of a trainer so go there uh, practically uh, try to see what other people are doing interact with them gain knowledge read books go online do many 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 courses possible you know educate yourself every day get yourself updated with what is going best what is happening around you so it's about uh, giving in lot of hours to what you love that uh, basically uh, will allow you to excel right uh, ma'am another thing you mentioned is that you've conducted a lot of um, physical and mental training sessions for various teams and earlier you also mentioned that uh, skill wise we might be at par or maybe supreme than other teams but it's just a, a question of mindset right so when you are conducting these um, especially the mental side of it, the mental side of uh, of things um what are you trying to instill in your team per se or in your team members and how important to you as a coach do you think in today's day and age is um, interpersonal management and interpersonal relationship yeah definitely it is very important because uh, a player has to have enormous faith in a coach and vice versa uh, what i basically do is see uh, sometimes you are always in the cricket field becomes a little daunting on you you are away from your family for months right because cricket uh, to be a cricketer to be a successful cricketer you have to sacrifice a lot of stuff so what i try to build building an environment uh, full of positivity because if you see that young kids or you know young players whenever they are in the nets they come out and they are always obsessed with asking what they didn't do well okay so that is the culture that needs to change so that environment is all that a coach needs to create and that's what i try to create where uh, players will be more concerned with their positives they will be talking about positives because if you are if you have a positive mindset then only you do better 
suppose you got out uh, you know didn't you didn't score in two consecutive matches what happens is you you uh, invariably your subconscious mind is always thinking of those kind of dismissals so it's a job of the coach to create a mindset to create that environment where the player will be you know um, forced to think of the positive forced to think yeah. that no i will do well but it doesn't come overnight it it, it is basically it, it's a lot of hard work it's a continuous process maybe in your process one player will do seeing that one another player will do so it's a lot of patience it doesn't come overnight it is not so easy to just to switch on some motivational stuff and to speak motivational quotes and to motivate somebody but it is a continuous process you have to believe in the process you have to continuously do it you have to continuously practice it during practice after practice and that is how it gets inculcated in you you see the indian team today that i'm talking about men's team what it was uh, 15 years ago and what it is today you know it's itself shows the mindset has changed enormously and same way women's cricket is also changing it is just uh, doing fantastically well same uh, culture we are trying to create in the domestic circuit and so hopefully uh, you know uh, we will get success it is a continuous process and uh, keeping our fingers crossed i think i think your story is really inspirational for any youngster out there sorry i said thank you so much uh, for you know your appreciation no it was it was a really good opportunity for us to just uh, listen to you and just uh, learn from your story and also just um, this positive mindset is something that is very important especially like because times are really depressing right now but it's just to have this positive mindset it's easier said than done but always having like if you're engaged in a sport and you learn from a coach about this mentality it just it just shapes you as a person and i think sports has done that for us and uh, no matter what the scenario around you is in terms of academics your job whatever if through sports or whatever it is you can stay positive about these things you'll always continue to succeed and also another thing that we gain from this is there are enough opportunities out there you just need to take advantage of them i mean it's 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 an easy excuse to say that oh the scenario is just you know i'm backed up against a wall it's uh, we can't i can't get to where i'm going to get to just because i'm so disadvantaged you know so it it that that mindset is not the right mindset so there are enough opportunities out there you just need to seek out what they are so on that positive note uh, we've come to an end uh, for the for the episode thank you rito barnard it was lovely having you uh, thank you rohit uh, arjun and rick right i was right with the names i suppose thank you so much and sorry for keeping you wait for uh, a week uh, apologies for that but thank you so much uh, i wish you all the best in your career and uh, hope uh, you will do really well and uh, achieve all your uh, dreams all the best thank you thank you so much to you too and uh, hope you continue succeeding in what you do thank you so much so guys that's our episode for today thanks a lot for listening at think sports were dedicated to helping aspirants enter into sports based careers if you want to know more you could head over to our website at www.thinksports.co.in also follow us on all our social media accounts links will be in the description below and feel free to subscribe to our podcast for similar content we hope to see you next time